This gospel has many levels of, of, of meaning, like all scripture can be read in the immediate context and, and what it means for us today and many other shades of meaning. That's scripture, one never comes to the end of it. But when we look at the original, um, he's talking to the Pharisees that, of course, are in the process of rejecting Jesus, who is, in fact, the vineyard dresser. And one wonders why in the world they would throw out the owner's son and kill so many prophets and think they could keep it for themselves. is because they didn't know their place. They obviously didn't realize they were tenants. They didn't recognize the son. And they thought that, uh, and they thought they could make up their own rules and throw out the rule book. And they found out otherwise. But God gave them time. So we find ourselves, um, that we find ourselves in a world that we did not create in bodies that we, uh, we, didn't, we didn't create ourselves and neither did we create the earth. We're still discovering how it works, in fact. And if you take a look at, at earth from space, because astronomy is one of my things I love the most, you can look back from, uh, you know, from space. Not only do we see these, the, the iconic image of the, of the earth rising over the moon, but uh, from space you can see the earth in, in a in movies that have been created of it, like a, like a machine, as if it were in, in space, a beautiful, intricate uh, object with everything moving and, and four and a half billion years of, of, of production waiting for us to show up, you might say. The, there are all kinds of interesting little facts about uh, what makes our, wor- our world extremely special, one of which is just having a moon of this size. It keeps the Earth, some of you, this, you know this, but it keeps the Earth's axis at a, at a standard tilt. Without that, uh, we, our seasons would fluctuate uh, over the eons, and uh, more developed life would not have been possible. Uh, other, other, in other uh, cases, we have the, the liquid molten core of the Earth, which generates the magnetic field, which keeps the solar wind from destroying the atmosphere. Only the Earth has that. But Venus and Mars and Mercury do not have a molten core. And uh, therefore, you find Mars with no atmosphere, and then Venus has the runaway greenhouse, and it's like hell on Earth, you know, 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit on the, on the floor, and yet they're the same size planet, and so on. The ozone layer that keeps us from getting cancer, and the, just the, the, the entire makeup of the Earth from one end to the other, the fact that we're just the right distance in the Milky Way, to be safe, supernovas within a certain distance will kill us. And and if we're near the center of the galaxy, Earth probably wouldn't have developed life. And and we're at just the right distance from the sun to have liquid water. And it just goes on and on. And we didn't plant this garden, and we didn't we had nothing to do with it. And some will say it happened all by accident, and that's ridiculous in my opinion. Uh, I'd like to see somebody justify that when they're facing God on the last day of their lives and say that they believe this. What was the real reason that they believed this thing? Uh, or that, or that, and I, I never cease thinking about this, is that my human brain and yours, it, it was you at that moment uh, of that one cell. We can trace ourselves back to one cell, like the universe back to one moment, one infinitely dense moment. And uh, that one cell contained the blueprint for an entire human brain, the most complex thing in the universe, which created itself with the help of its parents in, in, in nourishing it. And it's just unbelievable. And we inherited this garden. And then God gives us time 
See, what he does in the Old Testament here, and he's describing something that was very familiar and how interesting it is that we have these fires going through the Napa Valley, and I couldn't believe that a place that burned three years ago burned again. I thought at least they have fire insurance after that last fire, but no. In this time, it burned 50-year-old vineyards. It takes at least 10 years to produce a good crop of grapes, of wine, something that was, uh, you know, I at least did not know how that worked. And, and it's just, uh, uh, but he plant, they plant a tower so that the guard would, would guard the grapes and a wall to keep the animals out and to say, this is yours. And he, he cultivates the land and plants the grapes. Then he turns it over to tenant farmers. And that's what we are. We don't own anything. We're all renters. It doesn't matter what kind of house we live in or how much health we have. These are, these are rented bodies. Everything returns to the dust from which it came. Everything. Even the earth itself is a temporary condition. Uh, this is a temporary world. We're here for a, not to feather our nest, but to learn something, to help others, to grow in faith, and to find God, to look for the clues that there is really a landowner. And so Jesus, who owns everything, uh, sends numerous prophets to these people. All he wants is that they will produce fruit, and not for himself, but because we are created to produce fruit, and every bit of fruit that we produce is going to be given back to us 100-fold. All he wants to do is to bless us, but they want to throw out the rule book and keep it for themselves. It's an image I've used many times, but I'm going to use it again. It's like we're born in an airport, and we don't remember flying in, but we've got a ticket to fly out. Many don't want to do it, but it's, uh, they're going to get off the, on the plane anyway. Meanwhile, we're keeping other people from getting in and making up our own rules and uh, not realizing that both the airplanes and the airport were built by somebody else. And we are sent many warnings and other ways that God tries to get through to us that this is a created world and that we are creatures of God and that there is a purpose to our existence. We're not, we're not an accident and neither is this beautiful earth the only place in the universe that we know of that we can live. And who knows what's out there, but for us, this is it. And it's a very beautiful world indeed, but we've also got a lot of warnings coming down the pike here. You know, we've, we've had the most extraordinary year. You can't, it, the word apocalyptic came up more often than I can count amongst people here and in talking with, with different people as a pastor. You know, one can only, need only think about the most unusual phenomenon of the orange skies we had two weeks ago, that the color, uh, if you want to remember what it, what color it was, look at the size of the building because it was an exact match. Uh, that's a very rare phenomenon and it, there's a physical reason for that. But it was, it, to me, it was, it was an apocalyptic sign. I mean, you know, it's very rare for that kind of thing to happen. It was unprecedented. The riots are unprecedented. The, uh, the virus is unprecedented in, in something as simple as what we've got now can bring us to our knees, imagine what some of the other things could do. And so our Lord, and many other things besides, our Lord is trying to get our attention. He's sending his messengers to help us to understand the seriousness of the situation that we're in. Yesterday was the Rosary Bowl. I know we had many more viewers than we're able to attend between the fog and the just, you know, just the general conditions right now. Of, of our society, some who can't come, and, and the time of the thing, and being here at St. Ed's, it was a real blessing. 
But it's something we can do. It's a messenger that God sent to those who wished to hear it. That one thing we can do is pray the rosary. It seems I ask myself, well, what, what good does that do? Well, nothing in itself, but when we put it in Mary's hands, it's, it's, she's his mother. She just offers him that which we can offer God. And uh, he, she's not so much an intermediary as a mother that presents these things to him. And so there are many things that we can do. But God sends us these, these different messages. The one thing that keep, kept coming to mind this week, I prayed about whether to, to mention it, not wanting to be negative, but it's important to read the signs of the times. Where has God sent you messengers? When has he reminded us of our duty or the fruits? When has he reminded us of the world to come and how beautiful it is and how much the great importance that we are in in these very challenging times and that we need to read the signs of the times and pray for our country and our world and for ourselves and our families. The, um, my first airline pass, I flew to New York City and I saw the World Trade Center from the Empire State Building and later on the Circle Line, which is still there today, if there's any customers right now, which I doubt. But, but to me, in those days, they looked like they were new and they looked frankly, they, did, they looked out of place, and I think most New Yorkers felt the same way. They, they threw New York, uh, downtown New York off balance from a distance. It, it, they weren't architecturally uh, in harmony with the rest of the, of the city. But over time, they became beloved, as most things like that do. And, of course, now, of course, they're kind of building martyrs. And when, when you go back to the, to the museum in which I spent an entire day, just it was just a thing that was... I felt was necessary for wisdom, and, and it does take most of a day if you want to spend the whole, do the, the entire tour. But it was, it's very interesting to go there because I've been reading, I, there's a second book in this edition that came out, something by uh, a, a rabbi slash Christian, he's a, he's a converted Jew, I can't think of what they call that, but uh, anyway, he wrote a book called The Harbinger, and in it, he wrote uh, some information I did not realize and looked it up, and it's true, is that, you know, when, when Washington, George Washington was inaugurated our first president, there was no Washington, D.C. And so New York City is where he was inaugurated. And the building, the, the church that he was inaugurated in is on the corner of the World Trade Center site. It's the, it's the church that did not get destroyed. There was, there's an Orthodox one that's still being rebuilt, now, what's taking him so long to do this? But it's but there's another building, and this is where the the steel cross was. The the um, the um, again, I forget what that was called, but anyway, there was that miraculous cross, and that was there. And if you look there, you can see here was George Washington inaugurated our first president, and he prayed for our country very very clearly in Christian language uh, that God would bless us, and that was right. And, and from that spot in those days, that would have been water. But that was reclaimed land in which the towers were built and later destroyed. So right there at the very beginning of our country is where that occurred. And it occurred to me then and, and has over the last 20 years that God sent us a message there that 
God is the one that has protected you in your family, even though it doesn't look like it all the time. We, we go through a lot of trials. This, this parish has gone through them. Many of you have gone through them. Our country is going through them. But God is still protecting us. We're in, we're in a test right now. We're tenants. This is not our land. He wants to give those tenants their own land, depending on how much fruit they produce, and they don't know it. They don't realize that there's an owner. They, he's been gone so long, they've forgotten. And yet there's this, they, uh, instead, by pushing God out of our society and out of our world, which we are in the process of doing, having been a nation that has been very evangelized by, it was a, a formed, you know, the, basically the United States was a Protestant nation with about 25% Catholic, and it's all being forgotten. We don't need you, God. We don't want you. We know now. We know now. This is an explosion that occurred, and that we're nothing but accidents. And and the fruit of that is a tripling suicide rate because people see right through that. Then life has no meaning, and that's completely false. And God's sending one messenger after the other to let us know that we need him. And he says, and this is what's going to happen. If you succeed in pushing me out, you are going to succeed in getting rid of all of your protection. And you can see what happens if just one virus gets through your, gets through your defenses. So you need me. And this is, this is one of the messages that it's a lasting sign that God gave us, not to scare us, but to remind us who we are, where we are, the importance of life, the, the the impermanence of life and that makes life every day very precious and the fact that we are loved by God that the care that he took to create the world that we live in the care that he took to place you and I at this particular moment in human history the really the excitement of knowing that we that we each have a role to fill in a very challenging world for many yesterday it was to say the rosary but what is your mission in life we, we all have to ask ourselves this question, including us priests. Uh, what is it that God wishes us to say and do as a, as a, as a parish at St. Ed's? We as a staff decided right at the very beginning we were going to hit the ground running. And we've done all we can to keep the parish open and available for our parishioners. That was uh, what we felt called to do in these challenging, in the, these very unusual uh, times. I've got our virtual deacon. I met him last week, and we neither one of us could figure out what to do with him. So we're working on it, you know. And and you know, I said, we just don't know what's going to happen, but we're called to bear fruit where we're at, with what we've got. And I'm sure it's going to be a great year for him. I can tell you later what we're going to be doing with him. But the point is, is that he's also sending each of us messengers, reminders, signs. There'll be corporate signs, meaning the whole earth or, or our country or your family, and there'll be individual ones. Watch for those messengers. Don't put them to death. That's our conscience. Uh, let alone throw the sun uh, out, meaning his world order, and putting in something else that is anti-God and anti-Christian. That will destroy everything because we are, we are fine-tuned for God. And, so that, and if this reading which spoke so uh, deeply to the Pharisees, they immediately went out and fulfilled this and killed the son and thought they could keep Israel without him. And of course, it destroyed the nation. In the same way, in our, in our era, our Lord is pointing out the wonderful vineyard he created, the wonderful tenants that he also created, the wonderful reward he wants to give us for, for being good servants and stewards of his vineyard, and the fact that he gives us a whole human lifetime of 
of mercy to fall and repent and and learn what it means to be a good tenant, but not to not to despise his messengers, but instead to welcome them because they lead us to eternal life and give us, please God, a share in the vineyard in heaven that is waiting for those who love him.